Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food. Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, listeners. Before we get going today, I want to tell you that we've teamed up with Honest Brew, which I really think is brilliant. Jamie... After a hard day's work, what's the thing you want more than anything else, apart from seeing your fiancé and child, obviously? Uh, probably a cold beer. Me too. And what beer do you like? Uh, I don't know, like craft beers mainly, like Beaver Town, Meantime, Five Points, that kind of thing. Yep, those are great. I personally like to rep the South London beers, so I drink a lot from Brixton and Gypsy Hill. Yeah, see, I'm not sure how easy it is to get those beers at my local shop. Aha! Well, that's where Honest Brew comes in. Honest Brew delivers beer from the best independent craft breweries right to your door. So no more schlepping back and forth to the nearest hipster off license. You've just described a situation where I never have to leave the house. Where do I sign up? Just head to their online shop. There you can pick and mix your own selection of beers, purchase a gift, or get your hands on one of their curated mixed cases. And remember, Honest Brew's craft beer experts taste test every beer listed, so they're all good. And the good news for Good Dad Ugly listeners is that you can get £10 off your first order with the code FATHERHOOD. Cheers! Hello and welcome to the Good, the Dad and the Ugly, the Fatherhood podcast. I'm Seth, a new dad, and on each episode you'll hear me and my good pal Jamie, hello, who's also a new dad, as we chat with our special guest each month about everything that comes with modern day fatherhood. Along the way, you'll also get the latest highs and lows and thrills and spills as Jamie and I foray further into these unfamiliar, joyful and often choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly, the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm here with Jamie again. Hello. How you doing, Jay? Yeah, good. What's up? Not a lot, really. 12 episodes, though. We spoke in the last yeah. one about how we should celebrate this one being 12 full months of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that was the first thing that I jotted down when I was thinking of uh, things to say on this podcast. Yeah. And then I realized that the, the more salient one is probably the fact that it's also... 12 months coming up since my daughter was born mm. i think the podcast probably is just uh, that's the more is a bigger achievement so well done on that yeah it's hard to keep a podcast going it is it is actually babies kind of it's, it's, they sort of keep themselves going yeah. to an extent yeah yeah so well done well done us yeah. and well done tom and well done benji 
yeah. here's to another 12. We can raise a beer to it, can't yeah, we? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, not much is going on with me, I don't think. Um, apart from Matilda started making the craziest of noises. Like what kinds of noises? Like happy noises, but screaming. And I, I know where she, she picked up from Tom's youngest, uh, Remy, who yeah. uh, producer Tom's, who is um, about the same age, a few days apart. And we went, we went away with them. And Remy was making all these crazy noises. I think you referred to as pterodactyl noises. Is that right? Pterodactyl noises. And they were pretty like ear piercing, like screams, but like happy screams. And Matilda on the first day back doing the exact same thing. Oh. And I was thinking where she picked this up from. And then immediately it was like, yeah, she's now on pterodactyl as well. So yeah. And they're at three in the morning, five in the morning, all through the day. To be One fair. of the pitfalls of going away with friends, with kids. Yeah. Is they pick up just, there. Just keep it just keep it all separate. Yeah. Pick up illnesses as well. Yeah, she did that as well, actually. She picked up a little bit of a temperature. Yeah, actually, I didn't really think about the negatives. I, I had a really good time, but now I can see that there now are. Now you're suffering. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all been ill as well. I think it's come from the daycare situation. Which is what? Well, just that, you know, she's hanging around with like snotty-nosed kids all day and oh. she comes back. And, and Alice is a teacher as well, so of course she's hanging out with snotty-nosed kids. The last time I was on here, I think I had a cough. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've still kind of got a bit of a uh, cough. It's not quite as bad now, but okay. it's just ongoing. Yeah. And we had like a really hairy incident because Eliza's had this cough for, it's sort of tailing off now, but it's been sort of weeks. It's really hard for little babies to kind of expel the the kind of mucus. Yeah. And we were we were in a pub. So Alice's mum's been here for the last few weeks. Is that From the- Australia. From, yeah, New Zealand. New Zealand. Um, and we went to Whitstable for a nice weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, we were in this pub and we were just uh, giving Eliza a bit of dinner. And she did a little cough and a bit of kind of like sort of sick came up. Mm. And we we're like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and then Alice sort of, I think it happened before. Alice was like, it's going to keep coming. And sure enough, it just started all coming up. But it wasn't just like puke. It was kind of like mucusy puke, like this kind of phlegmy puke, which they sort of, my, Alice and her mum sort of put their hands out instinctively and sort of caught it all as I was sort of like watching on. Yeah, Kiwis are good with rugby, so that would be exactly in their DNA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, introduce our guest. Yeah. I think it's about time. Who, who is your daddy and what does he do? Again, our guest is a dad, of course. He's, in fact, got a daughter about the same age as, as Eliza. His other claims to fame are that he hosts the Fresh Blood show on Kerrang! Radio and is the self-proclaimed new artist overlord. <laughs> His name's Alex Baker. Hi, Alex. Hi. How's it going? Very good. <clears throat> Fantastic. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> no, no worries. Can such, I just say? Such a radio voice. Yeah, hello. Yeah, like Tony Blackburn. <laughs> uh, can I just say before I say anything else, I listen to the podcast and I think two things. Firstly, it's really funny. Well done. Okay. Uh, but secondly, it's actually really fucking useful, you know, because, you know, when I first started becoming a dad, you know, like when I found out my missus was pregnant, when yeah. I was absolutely wasted, <laughs> uh, and that was the most sobering moment of my life, um, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, who do you ask about this stuff? Because there's like, you know, brothers and friends and everything else and that kind of stuff. But, you know, they don't know everything there is to know about having kids. And you kind of like, you want to soak up loads of different opinions. So it's quite nice to have something to listen to where people yeah. kind of talk about it warts and all, really. 
So oh, well done. Thank you. Okay. Well, you're welcome. Make I'm glad you listened to this one, not some other charlatans out there who God, uh, uh, yeah. might be seen to be stealing our ideas. But uh, we won't go into Should we go into that? No, we won't go into that. I mean, I kind of want to, but then I also don't want to give people kind of tips about other potential podcasts. Yeah, that they this is the only to. fatherhood podcast worth listening to. Well, if they're doing it the same, but not as good, then... What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Right? Well said. I've yeah. had it my whole career, people stealing my features, <laughs> you know? Like, come on. At least give me the credit, Radio One. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, so your, your daughter, Luna, is it? Luna, so, yeah. She's how old now? She's bordering on 11 months. Oh, actually, when this goes out, she will be 11 months. 11 wow. months of fun. God. <laughs> yeah. And she's a, she's a ledge. But yeah, hard work, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Proper hard work. Yeah. Well, it, what I've definitely discovered is that the level of work varies quite considerably, I think, from, or at least people's um, how, how, you know, how much work they kind of describe to yeah. other people varies quite a lot. So you get like, you know, some people sort of just like me, for instance, I've probably been accused of this in the past, just sort of swan on through as though like <laughs> it's all a complete breeze. <laughs> but it's, not. It. it's not. Obviously. Yeah, but do you know what? I think, <clears throat> so I think there are people who revel in saying how difficult it is. Oh, definitely. And, and love that and love to tell new dads, oh, or like that, people who are going to be dads, oh, you're not going to do that. You're not going to be able to do this anymore. You're not going to be able to sleep. You're not going to... And really go on about how difficult it is yeah and and almost wear it like a badge of honor yeah yeah I yeah and i don't see the point in that person. it's like a misery off isn't it yeah <laughs> and the mums do that as well like who's the most tired who's the most miserable it's just so depressing but like <laughs> my my view is i've always like been quite an honest person like if someone says how are you i won't just go yeah cool mate so people don't ask me how i am anymore at work because they'll get like some long diatribe about how th- this didn't go right and i'm pissed off about the, something i saw on tv last night and how <laughs> brexit's fucked everything or whatever you know so people don't ask me but you know when people say oh how's lena i always say like absolutely exhausting like, <laughs> like lovely obviously i love her and she's amazing but like yeah like as a point of fact she is exhausting yeah <laughs> do you find she's is she getting more exhausting as she yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's the hell is getting worse <laughs> by the day but it is tempered all the time by you know the joyous rapture of fatherhood right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously <laughs> and it wife <laughs> uh yeah no no it's all good i'm not one of those people that likes to sort of bag on how bad it is because it isn't it's amazing it's obviously one of the most incredible things yeah that, that you can experience but yeah i'm not going to pretend that i'm not going to rose tint it like it's proper hard work yeah yeah i mean i've definitely found because uh, you, you know your daughter will be the same sort of um place right now like sort of all the crawling around and stuff just adds all that sort of extra yeah. stress and well she's not quite crawling yet she's going through this weird phase where she's really smart but she can't her body hasn't kept up with her mental progression right. so she's she's sort of like i'm the other way around oh really <laughs> <laughs> just like bumbling around yeah, exactly i'm all limbs <laughs> but she's like so she's sitting there kind of looking at you going yeah i want to get that bottle cap or or that thing off you but i I can't get there so she just barks at you until you go and pick her up you know she just literally she started making you're talking about pterodactyl sounds before she started doing that kind of really weird like "Ah!" kind of and you're just like 
what? <laughs> Every day I'm convinced. I mean, there's been times as well. I remember early days. I, this is my problem from watching too many horror films. But I remember early days, hold, like cradling her in my arms. Like, just going, oh, this is so lovely. And it was twilight. You know, the moonlight was shimmering off her pupils. <laughs> it wasn't. No, blinds were closed. And I was sort of like cradling her in my arms and looking down. And she started to like, slowly her eyes started to grow heavy. And I was like, she's going to sleep. Rocking her to sleep. How have I managed to become this super dad? Right, and she's there. She was like just drifting off, drifting off. So I closed my eyes for a bit and sort of like stretched my neck, look back, look up at the ceiling, all the rest of it. And when I looked back down, which felt like moments later, her eyes were wide open and she was just staring into my soul. And all I could think about was the omen, you know. And I was like, "Devil child, oh fuck!" I actually freaked out and I had to get Mel to come and my wife to come and like get her off me. I was convinced that we've got the devil child. We went through this whole hand, foot, and mouth thing as well where they look like she actually looked like that the child from the exorcist oh, really yeah it's awful Jesus not recommended and do you yeah. think that then if you're if you're watching the horror movies with Luna she's picking up oh yeah yeah little things like, not with her in the room yeah, never yeah, yeah. I remember early days I was playing like Call of Duty or something and someone sniped me and she jumped <laughs> she like kind of jumped and I was like, right, that's off. Like, <laughs> not having that. Not having her like freaking out with gunshots at like three months old. Have you started to sort of doing any sort of sleep training or, oh. you know, like letting them cry out or? Man, so brutal. We, we had to because we, we went on holiday, which was supposed to be a really lovely, relaxing holiday in Cornwall. And it just turned into this shit show <laughs> where Luna just would not sleep. She just wouldn't sleep. I don't know why, whether we were away from home and it wasn't the same environment or she was cold or whatever. She just wouldn't sleep. And Mel and I were up like six, seven times a night. It's just awful. And then... Um, we got back from the holiday and Mel was due to be starting back at work and we were like, we've got to sort this out. Like we've got, we've got to figure out how to get Luna to sleep through the night because she never has. She's always had like night feeds and stuff. So we got a dream fairy or whatever they're called, like a sleep expert person. And she does this thing where she like Skypes in. So she's on Skype and she looks at what you, how you are and she talks about your routine with the baby and how often they feed and stuff. And she sort of feeds back on what's going on. And it was about two o'clock in the afternoon and Luna was due a nap. And she was like, so, you know, we, you know, the reason we scheduled this call at this time, because I know that she, you know, her routine, she usually has a nap about this time. So is it time for a nap? I can see she's getting a bit ratty. We're like, yeah, she is. And she's like, okay, so show us what you usually do. So we went out, literally had like a laptop with her on Skype, went up into Luna's room and Mel started like rocking her and doing like the little bounce thing that's really good for your like ass and your thighs. She's doing that little kind of squatty bounce thing. And Luna started drifting off and she said, right, this this can't go on like this. You can't rock your child to sleep. Your child needs to learn how to self-settle. Oh. If they don't learn how to self-settle, then you'll be rocking them to sleep forever. <laughs> Lasting at night, Mel would breastfeed her, she'd fall asleep, Mel would rock her, put her down. Again, that's completely the wrong thing to do. In terms of the, the order of how to put your babies to sleep, it should be breastfeed, and then do other stuff, read a story, put her clothes on, whatever, and then put her down. Because if you're breastfeeding to sleep, she gets used to the idea of falling asleep on a boob, and it becomes a nightmare, which is what happened to us. So, yeah, so she was like, what you got to do, you got to put her down, walk off five minutes. After five minutes, go back, make sure she's all right, let her know you still love her, you still care, and then walk off and leave for 20 minutes. Just let her cry it out. So we were like, oh, my God, this is so intense. So we did it. Five minutes passed, she was absolutely going 
batshit crazy. We were like, okay, we've got to go and look after us. I went in and said, oh, don't, just calm down, don't worry. So I went back downstairs and we just had this lady talking to us on Skype, like talking us through it as we were just listening to her, just like, and screaming like I've never heard before, like oh, next level, God. ratchet it up. Like, why have you abandoned me? Like, come back, you know, just screaming. Obviously, she wasn't saying those words. <laughs> she was just screaming. And um, yeah, it was awful. And I kept, <laughs> I, I didn't tell Mel this at the time, but I kept going to the kitchen and just like downing gin. <laughs> I was literally just going to the kitchen and just like necking gin. Like we put this bottle of gin in the fridge. It was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as nice as this beer. <laughs> and we were just like absolutely just can I was just caning this gin. And every time I came back, I'd feel a little bit more relaxed. And it was, but it's just the most awful. It's, it almost goes against every instinct to just let your child scream mm. and not do anything about it. All you want to do is go and like look after her. But, you know, like I say, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon, pretty much 18 minutes into that 20 minutes, she just fell asleep. And that night, we, we did the routine as described to us. We you know, did a last story, like breastfeed, story, close on, put her down, screamed for four minutes, fell asleep, slept through the night. Just like, like, just like that. And Mel and I just looked at each other like, why didn't we do this months ago? Like, why have we waited this long? But you hey, know? this way, you ended up, you managed... To A, get her to sleep and B, smashed at two o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was having a great time. Bonus. But see, I had to drink through it. Like, and I, I'm not like, I'm not like a, well, I suppose I do drink quite a lot. But, <laughs> but, but like, I, it's, it's rare that I'll like purposefully try and take the edge off, you know, by like necking, literally necking gin from the bottle, like massive glugs. But it's the only way I could do it. It was awful. My wife has this, I don't know why she does it, but she always has the baby monitor on full volume. So yeah. you're in bed, Luna's to the right over there in the other bedroom, and the baby monitor is on my left. So you get this like howl in surround sound that like pierces your eardrums. It's yeah. just, no horror movie would ever be more frightening than that. Well, I do the thing with the baby monitor because we've got the video and it's like night vision. It's like <laughs> if I know Nat's in the living room looking at it, I'll go into the bedroom and just start like <laughs> walking up to it really slowly and getting really close until she notices and she just sees my eyeball. And that's, that's so uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. That's um, I deserve everything I get to be. Fair. Yeah, that's yeah, proper that's, mean. She, she could get me back real bad and I'd freak out. But Luna started doing that now, where she's like rolling around in bed and she's like kicking the thing and you're watching her on the baby monitor and it goes back to the omen thing. I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, then, gonna levitate. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like it's moments until she starts writing words on the wall in her own shit. <laughs> I feel like I'm almost there with Eliza. What, writing shit what, on dirty the wall? She, Yeah, yeah. Because she's now crawling around properly and she's pulling herself up to standing and she does it in her cot. So before, like, when we used to put her down, you know, you could just leave her for, yeah. you know, a little bit. We could talk about how long it's appropriate to leave a child <laughs> who's screaming. Yeah. But you could leave her and eventually she would kind of put herself to sleep. Yeah, but now she kind of stands up in her bed, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do, and but like, other than go in and sort of calm oh, her man. down and lie her down, yeah, sweep her, just yeah, take out the legs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, electrocute the the sides of the bed. So when she touches, <laughs> you know, like like a sheep. No, don't do that. I don't. I don't. Obviously, I don't think you should do that. Just make that perfect. Don't, I won't do it. I won't. No, do not it. that you would. But just, I don't want or any listener mindset. Yeah. 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 The other day, I sort of. My attention was diverted for two seconds, and the next thing I, I realised, Eliza was picking up a loaded mousetrap. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wicked! <laughs> but I realised, like at the moment she kind of picked it up, I realised I was like, "Give me that!" and I just managed to get it off her before, and, and somehow it didn't go off the whole time. And then I kind of threw it on the side, and it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> Cheese everywhere. Yeah, exactly. 
amazing. Oh man, Same as a finger. <laughs> brutal. Hey, look, you're the horror fan. <laughs> yeah, here, sorry. So yeah, well, right. man, I can't do it anymore. But do, do either of your kids do that? Like, Lena started doing this over the past, I guess, past month, where she basically has a strop and she just throws herself backwards, like uncontrollably, just throws herself. No, you're looking at me like she, they don't do that. <laughs> it's just my child. <laughs> she, you have the omen child. That's she why. literally, she just like you're holding her and she just go ah and just throw herself <laughs> and like you've got to really watch it because sometimes she's sitting there minding her business playing with some toys and then like something goes on with her toy that she's not happy about and she'll just throw herself backwards and if you're not there to catch her she'll smash her head on the thing and then she'll scream yeah. I think disaster. I know where she gets that from though yeah I think it's clearly from you and your days as a lead singer of a metal band <laughs> And quite possibly, yeah, she's just head banging, begging the head for bang, the, the mosh, banging, the screaming, and the you know, the noise you made earlier was very reminiscent to yeah. the, the that <laughs> kind of what band, what was that called? That band that you were in, I had a bunch. Okay. Um, uh, wow, I mean, I was in one when I was at school, I was in one called, called Cause for Concern, who were like a, a London sort of like hardcore new metal band. Which were we're like with hindsight, we were really awful. <laughs> <laughs> but about the time, I was like, "This is it, man!" Like, <laughs> we're basically Limp Bizkit. <laughs> that's what every band deal with it, so, right? <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. Then I started another one, which was called Disembowel, which had a, a run of about two months. What is it with metal bands needing all these like <laughs> ridiculously gory and disgusting? This titles? is my this is my problem though with metal is I've always loved metal. I like the juxtaposition of like really heavy music and like quite thought-provoking lyrics. I find it quite interesting, that kind of like that balance. Um, but the problem I always had with metal is, is that I'm, I'm like a really happy guy. So like, I haven't really got anything to write about, you know? And I, actually a lot of people, I was reading an article with, um, what's his name? Tom Adele, that singer. I think it was Tom Adele. And he was talking about how he actually physically sabotages his relationships. Like he knows he's doing it, but he sabotages his relationships. So he's always got some sort of horror he can write about. And I was never, I would never do that. So no, yeah, don't really, um, yeah, don't really feel like I've got what it takes to be uh, well, sort of in a band anymore. Unfortunately, could you not write stuff about the horror of fatherhood? Do you know what I mean? Like being up at like every hour through the night, yeah, just like make it really intense. I could how do, your child's the omen child. Yeah, you know, I could do like a concept album and like sample Luna's wails. There you go, because because it's like hardwired to be stressful, isn't it? That's yeah, like the yeah, whole yeah. point. Absolutely. So I could create like a horrible anxiety laden soundscape. I'm not even joking. We could get all it's our children and like multi layer it. That's an amazing idea. We'll get we'll get Kojak on it as well, and he can uh, just be on production. <laughs> yeah. And we'd be like, imagine that if we sort of like multi-tracked all our children screaming and then put some like heavy guitars underneath. Like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> just be so awful. Like you'd make it like an art installation in the tape. You'd have even, <laughs> you'd have even like the most hardcore metal fans being like, oh, that's too much. Yeah, that's too that's much. Too, too much. I can't so deal much. with that. Like, I can deal with like grown men wailing, but when it comes to babies. No way. I'm out of here. It's too real. So Alex, do you have you noticed? I mean, maybe she's a bit young for it. But have you noticed Luna sort of having a, a sort of an interest in music? Oh yeah, definitely. She she's it's the, I think it's one of my favourite moments so far is when she starts dancing. You know, she was my mum was old the other day, and, and they were listening to Bob Dylan, and she was like going for it. Like no one ever danced, no one's ever danced to Bob Dylan ever. <laughs> but yeah, so so she seems to like dad rock, uh, which is bizarre. Um, I don't really know why. She also seems like quite hard rock. I think. Right. I think. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I guess it's because it's babies. It's like anything that's quite quite extreme. Yeah. So like black, white. You know, like 
big sounds they sort of react to, I guess. But also, but, did, was she, would you have not been playing that when your wife was pregnant? No. That out? No? I, no, weirdly, I, I'm a bit of an oxymoron when it comes to music taste because weirdly, although I like listening to really heavy music, I also love like Celine Dion and Drew Hill and stuff like that and like really sensitive, lovely music. So when, when Luna was in like Mel's belly, I used to sing like loads of different tunes from the end of the Drew album by Drew Hill to her. So literally like how deep is your love and beauty and all this kind of stuff of that legendary album from when I was like 15 years old. So yeah, so no, she, I, it's, all that kind of stuff was probably what she heard first. But then also like the standard stuff. I mean, I love, Mo have you watched Moana? No, but I know of it with yeah. The Rock. Yeah, Disney's Moana. Like, name me a better film. I think it's the greatest film of all time. Really? It's just what? brilliant. I see it. It's so brilliant. And there's a, The Rock does a song called You're Welcome in it, which has got like a real good vibe. And every time we play that, which is quite a lot because I love it, um, <laughs> she just starts dancing around and like loving every second. So, so that's been quite nice to watch. Moana and like ACDC are her, <laughs> are her jams at the moment. Could go on and on. I can explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was Maui just messing around. I killed a meal, I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree, now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And thank you. We try and like fill our ears with everything. Because I mean, I, I've always grown up listening to everything. And, and I think it's a shame when people don't have like eclectic taste because you mm. miss out on loads of stuff. You know, like I always think it's funny because looking the way I look, you know, I'm on the train and people aren't sitting next to me because I, I, maybe because I'm fat or maybe because I'm just looking intimidating. <laughs> but I've got his long hair dressed in black and all the rest of it. And like they've got no idea that I'm listening to Beyonce. Like, literally no idea. <laughs> Have you taken your kids on the tube yet? Yeah. It's fucking terrifying, isn't it? The first well, you time were right with it, was, it but I've kind of got used to it because it's London. And Ledge. Pff, oh, well, I don't think I've done it at like rush hour or anything, which would be intimidating I couldn't do it you know if you, you presumably you've been a commuter when you let someone has gotten on the train or whatever with a pram yeah and it's like taking up loads of space oh god and then it's the everyone worst. is like looking at that person really <laughs> disapprovingly and you kind of feel bad but you're also a bit like maybe there was a better time to do it yeah <laughs> yeah but then but then surely i guess like they've thought that through right like they're doing it then because they have to for some reason have you found yourself in that situation where you literally cannot get up quick enough when you see a baby on board badge yeah, yeah. Like, I swear yeah. the other day, I, I almost threw myself off the train. <laughs> like, I literally stepped on. I saw that glisten of the badge. And before I even, even knew what was happening, I was like making her a cup of tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's unreal. The power of the badge. Okay, that's the end of part one. More after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food. Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but just thinking about bodily fluids again. I'm yeah, just wondering whether you, whether you guys had this same sort of, uh, sort of experience that I had. This was, this was day one. I had this really weird moment where I, I was convinced, because I'm freaked out by like stuff on me. Like if I'm like eating a burger or whatever, and I get some burger juice in my beard, I'll have to wipe. I wipe my face after every I, yeah. after every bite, you know, just constantly go through mounds of tissues. Awful for the environment uh, in many ways. <laughs> and so, that's your excuse, is it? Yeah. But um, but so I was really concerned that like the snot and the puke and the, and the poo and everything was going to like really rock my world in a negative way. But I remember like Mel was recovering, blood everywhere, awful sight, um, and the baby was crying, and I was like, oh god, and she started like going. Ah, like the amniotic fluid started coming out because she was a C-section baby. Apparently it comes out later when you have a C-section baby. No one tells you this stuff. Yeah. We can get onto that in a bit if you like. That's <laughs> stuff that people don't tell you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I had this situation where she started to choke and I was like, right, I've just got to get her. So I picked her up and she started being sick. And this was the moment where like her bodily fluid was going to be on me for the first time. And, and Mel went, oh, uh, get a tissue, get a, a muslin cloth or whatever they're called things. I always get those wrong. She's <laughs> always telling me off for getting it wrong. Get one of those things. And I was like, no, she can just do it on me. <laughs> and she was like, right. And I swear it was on that like, slow motion and my long hair was like swaying in the, you know, with the projectile vomiting. And I had all this sick in my hair. And I kind of loved it, you know. And it was really weird how I felt. And, and since I've had snot and poo on me and all the rest of it. And I almost oh, feel like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, just Saturday night, man, with all that. <laughs> but, but I sort of feel like your brain when you're a dad, and I guess it's the same for mums, it kind of switches off the thing that makes it gross. Yeah. So they could do anything to you, and you kind of your brain just just doesn't. But what about the burger juice? Are you still burger juice, mate. I have to have a stack of tissues. It's awful. <laughs> but yeah, baby can shit in my eyes. <laughs> all good. <laughs> you know, one bite of a GBK, game over. <laughs> Nat still can't deal with snot. She's like, oh really? Like, like, literally, like she has snot, and you need to yeah. deal with it. And you know, you get those sucky uh, yeah with the vowels. aspirators. Right? Is that what they're called? They're wicked. Yeah, I love them because <laughs> so I'm proper I. like kind of going. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Nat is is and it's not a joke. Is like almost dry retching at seeing me do that. Yeah. She's like, how can you do? It? I'm like, but none of it's gonna go in my mouth because there's a, a valve system that you can yeah. barely see, and it's not gonna get going. She's like, but just the. The, the feeling of it being sucked is just too much for her. But this is the thing, like you talking about it now, I'm like slightly yeah. wretched. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so rank. But if it was mine, I wouldn't care. I don't even know what these, I haven't even seen these. Oh, guys. mate. Get they on this. Awesome. It's Get like, on the aspirator it, Really? It's like a kind of a mouth, my one anyway, it's got like a red mouthpiece and it's got like a tube that comes off it. And then there's the valve system yeah. that Jamie talks about. It's got the valve system to stop the snot going into your into your mouth. Yeah. Which which thank you for the fucking <laughs> whoever invented that yeah well done good work uh, and then you've got this like I guess like four inch 
nose piece that has like a hole, a hole at the end and you basically just stick it in their nose we're not all the way in like yeah. four inches drive it into <laughs> yeah. a child's skull her eyes are kind of twitching when I do this you must <laughs> yeah electric fences everywhere yeah. uh, and then you just suck and it just and it's just amazing how much comes out yeah. it really does the job yeah. um, and it's you know I like to think in many ways I've saved my daughter's life multiple occasions by <laughs> sucking her snot out. I think Matilda would be in serious trouble. I think Matilda might be dead if Nat had to do that to Matilda. To get <laughs> no, that. come on. I she think- would, she'd have to get over it. I don't know what she'd do. Honestly, this chat, 100% you should make like a metal album out of it. Because there's so much in there that you could do. Yeah. Be and that would be da- actual dad rock. Yeah. Well, that's what would actual dad rock sound like? It would yeah. sound like nervous exhaustion <laughs> and like crying children and just and just gentle sobbing from yeah. the parents. Yeah. What would define dad rock? Actual dad rock. I think like well, dad rock is stuff like <laughs> I guess like Fleetwood Mac, Journey, Boston. Okay. It's that kind Cold of like play. you know tap like for, well, no, Coldplay are kind of more contemporary, I guess. Yeah. It's more kind of like stuff that that dads would listen to. That's Totally. Focus, like yeah, but dads of old. Yeah, I don't think it's dad. I don't because new dads are like listening to grime and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they got dad grime. Dad grime. Dad grime. It doesn't have the same ring to it, but it's that kind of like. You know, foot stomping like bow, It's like so easy listening. It's actually more poppy than pop. You know, I reckon that's dad rock. More than a feeling. You know, all that kind of stuff. Well, you um, interviewed Dave Grohl recently. Yeah. Wow. How was yeah. that? That was Why mad. Why did you do that? Uh, well, I do I do TV stuff for Box TV. Who have got Kerrang and they've got Magic and they've got. Box and full music and all the rest of it, and because Foo Fighters are such a massive band, they were coming in to promote their album, and then they just said, "Oh yeah, do you want to do you want to do do you want to do Dave?" And I was like, "Well, yeah." I mean, this is the problem though with with my job is that on the one hand it sounds like really exciting and fun, but the reality is just like nervous exhaustion and absolute terror that I'm going to fuck everything up. So I did just like weeks and weeks and weeks of prep, just worrying about not making a fool of myself. Um, and then just went and chatted to a, a dude who's been in bands that I've listened to for basically most of my life. So it was it was pretty amazing. And did you not fuck it up? I didn't fuck it up. We actually got on really well. And he and he was like really lovely to me actually. Like I, it was. I reckon he'd want to be my mate. I reckon we'd get. He on. probably would be your yeah. mate. You know, he's like a, just a really like lovely, down to earth guy and really funny. He kept talking. Like, I've never thought of myself in any way as being a fashionable person, but he kept going on about my clothes. He's like, I love those shoes. Where are they from? I love that. I actually had this jacket that I'm wearing. It's like lumberjack, red and black lumberjack on. <laughs> and he was, was talking about that. A bit of biggie for you. He was talking about that and, and going, oh, I love that. Where's it from? I was like, River Island. <laughs> Don't think you shop at River Island, do. But um, but no, he was lovely. And we actually talked about his kids because he's got um, he's got two girls, I think, who are in one of his in a couple of his music videos, right. but in one of the new videos. And he, he had he's telling me this amazing story about how um, his I think she's like eleven. She rang him in the middle of the night, LA time, because he was somewhere else in the world, and said, "Oh, Dad, I've got a treatment for this new music video ready for you." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> so she went through this treatment for this music video, and he said, "Oh, that's absolutely amazing." 
but change this, that, and the other, thinking that she'd just go to bed and forget about it. And then like three hours later, so properly in the middle of the night, she rang him back with a revised treatment. <laughs> and I, he said that the next music video they make is going to be produced and directed and like the vision has come from his daughter. And she's 11. I think it's super cool. Yeah, she's 11. And he's, he's just in a position where he could put any old shit out and yeah, people would love it. But actually, you know, a that's... A bit like his records. <laughs> like, oh, oh, no. That but, is... <laughs> low blow. But that's what I love about kids, man. They're like so creative, aren't they? You know, you know we, had a, we have a guy at work called Dan. He's in like our creative team. He's, his kid's about four now, I think. Yeah. And he did a whole thing about how his kid has like helped elevate his creativity just yeah. from like the way they experience the world and their interests and everything. And I just find that really that interesting. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I feel like that is a thing that like creative writing kind of tutors and things like that sort of encourage people to do yeah. is to sort of think like a child if it's possible. Yeah. Because we kind of like lose that, don't we? As we get older and stuff gets in the way and we get like mortgages and like kids, you kind of get bogged down and your brain starts switching off and you kind of go into that automatic mode of just yeah. like going through your life. But then kids come along and kind of remind you actually to think about stuff in a different way and like make, take risks and try stuff. And just and, question things. Yeah. Like we yeah. take so many things for granted. Definitely. Your big... Um, What's the word like? Uh, Beef. Focus <laughs> oh, okay. of your tweets is Donald Trump right now. Yeah, You're kind of like I mean, I know a lot of people hate the guy, but you. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not just Donald Trump though. It's like everything. I've, I feel like we've got to a point now, and maybe it's been. Maybe this has all come to into. And in fact, not maybe. Definitely, this has all come into focus since having kids. Um, I just feel like we're at, we're at a stage now where the world is so ridiculous. Like I know it's always been stupid, but. I think social media has this ability to bring so many different people's views to the fore. And you've got the ability to look inside, you know, millions and millions and millions of minds, which you couldn't really do years ago. Mm. We've entered this weird time where people aren't really interested in having their views challenged. Yeah. So you've got people that think X, there's people that think Y, and all that happens online is people just go, X, Y, X, Y, and no one sort of tries to find any common ground. Yeah. If you say something they don't agree with, they'll they'll like try and out you as like a racist or something. It's, there's so many, I mean, I was talking about a situation on Twitter the other day where someone had said something that was patently racist, it was racist, and I was calling them out for being a racist. Like, you can't say that, it's racist. And by the end of this, like, horrible 24 hours where people were sending me death threats. For, Actually. Yeah. yeah, like, for saying someone was a racist, I got called a white supremacist. And I was like, <laughs> I was calling someone out on racism. <laughs> like, that's where this started. How am I now a white supremacist? I had a very, very similar situation recently, actually. Someone that I kind of followed on Twitter. Did you see it? I don't know. Someone I'm scared, I though. <laughs> Why? I'm just nervous about the story you're going to tell about Karen. No, it's just, it, 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 it was it actually really like, well, I mean, I guess after a while you kind of just, you know, you let it kind of wash it's water off your back. Duck's back. But yeah, like, yeah. I, it, it, it sort of upset me. I'll be honest, it upset me. So I, um, someone that I followed on Twitter, um, a young woman who, uh, I guess I have like quite a lot of sort of political kind of overlap with. Yeah. And she was going on a bit of a rant, which I didn't catch the beginning of, to be fair, about, like, I guess some man had, like, said something to her and she went off on this rant about how all men essentially are terrible. And I just sort of said, there may be some truth to that, but I don't think, like, 
it's a particularly constructive way of kind of going about this issue if you want to address it. And also, you know, if you think about kids, it's not a very kind of constructive way to raise young men by basically saying you're fucked from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she kind of went off on me as yeah. sort of being exactly the problem. Why are you criticize? Why are you trying to silence women? Why are you trying to? You're exactly the problem. And all these people started attacking me, going, yeah, "You're a yeah. fucking idiot. You're a fucking scumbag." <laughs> yeah, sorry. About and that. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I started like really doubting myself and thinking, "Maybe, Maybe I, I am a scumbag." scumbag. <laughs> It really shook me up. I was like, this is, what has happened here? I had a, I had a falling out with, very briefly, because I don't really fall out with anyone, but with a friend of mine who criticised, I was going on Twitter talking about sexism in 2017 and how we need to get better at, like, you know, the balance between men and men and women. And she said to me, oh, how typical. Another man becomes a dad to a daughter and suddenly cares about sexism. And I was like, hang on a second. Like, for a start, Fuck off. (laughs) I've always cared about sexism. But secondly, if it's taken having a daughter to bring into focus one of the biggest problems that's facing our world at the moment and getting them to care about it, surely that's just a good thing? Yeah, totally. Why are you criticising me for suddenly, for caring about something that I should care about? Like, it's just ridiculous. I think that's the problem with Twitter is that people are just so angry and so want to just chastise people all the time. But I find that really fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is why I'm always on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is kind of fun. It, it is, is intoxicating. Kind of How are you going to deal with um, sort of t- whether Facebook and Twitter exists when Luna's sort of of an age to use it? I mean, I'm sure there'll be something else, but I've got no idea. You're not even thought about. I mean, uh, no, I have thought about it loads. But I've, oh, really? got, I've got no idea how to deal with it. Because the issue you've got is it's the same with smartphones as well. I don't want Luna to have a smartphone. No. Not until she's old enough. Because we remember a time where there was no smartphones, right? Mm. But kids like Gen Z, as they're called, they don't know. They don't know a time before like Tinder, Facebooks, all that kind of Snapchat and all the rest of it. That's just how they communicate. Well, I've got quite strong opinions on this, but I genuinely believe that that social media is like the root of so many problems yeah, that, that young yeah, people are yeah. facing. Uh, like anxiety issues, depression, all the rest of it, it all stems back to this fact that we're all comparing ourselves constantly online. And my God, I don't want Luna to have any part of that. I don't want her to grow up in that world at all. Mm. But I don't, I've got no idea what the solution is. I think Mm. schools have to do something about it. There needs to be some sort of ground level up, like movement to to break the cycle that people are in to do something about it. But God knows how how that's going to happen. Eliza seems to be like more fascinated in my phone than like any other like toy that she has to play with. Yeah, same, That's the thing same with she... Luna. So why is that though? Is it just because it's a shiny screen with like lights kind of? But they well, have, the worrying thing is that I think it's partly that, and it's partly the fact that they always see you looking yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. they're just interested in what that thing is. Yeah. I think we've we've given birth to a narcissist as well because she there's nothing <laughs> Luna likes more than her own visage. <laughs> you know, if I get my phone out, she's like already starts like pouting and getting ready, <laughs> and I sort of put it in selfie mode, and she looks like she's going to explode with excitement. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really really bad. So I'm worried about that, but that's probably my fault. Do you know what? Can I just quickly chuck something in to yeah. the mix? It's in the spirit of what I said at the start about yeah. this being a genuinely useful thing to like dads. I wrote down on the way in today some things that like people don't tell you that I think they should tell you. Right? Perfect. Is that, are you happy for me to share? 100%. So one of them, uh, I'll start with a less brutal one. Well, less kind of heartfelt one, I guess. So anyone that's had a C-section baby, no one tells you 
that the baby doesn't necessarily cry straight away when it comes out. Right. So anyone that's about to have a C-section baby, be aware, the baby <laughs> might not cry when it comes out. That's fine. Because when, when this happened to us, like we, literally baby came, oh, the baby's here. Silence. And Mel was like all drugged up and fucked on this bed. And I was like, oh God, this is awful. And why is the baby not crying? But not saying it because like didn't want to freak Mel out. So and then, and then suddenly Mel like burst into tears and she was like, why is our baby not crying? And I just shouted over like, why is she not crying? What's going on? And then suddenly you just heard, Rrr! and like everything was fine. But like no one tells you. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason they don't cry is because they haven't really been through the trauma of childbirth and, and all the rest of it. And so the fluids haven't been, because when they go yeah. through the birth canal, their shoulders are compressed. And, and it's fluid, ejects all the fluid there. and all yeah, the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. So that's one thing right uh, second thing now this is perhaps a little bit more deep so apologies to leave it so late to hit you with this and, and you may not agree and hopefully you do a little bit because otherwise i might seem like some sort of horrible dude but no one tells you hopefully you guys agree with this no one tells you that you fall in love with your child okay so you all you hear all the time is as soon as you see your kid, you've never experienced love like it. It's overwhelming. It's like waves of emotion, all the rest of it. I didn't experience that at all. Yeah. When I first saw my kid, I was like, oh, there she is. Hope she's all right. Oh, God, definitely don't die. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of my emotion, just like how to keep this baby alive. And like feelings of love didn't come for ages to the point where I was starting to get a bit worried. I was like, why don't I love my kid? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I was like, is this weird that I don't love my kid? And I think this happens to loads of people. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I totally agree. I think I, I actually same. raised this point like on an earlier podcast mm. where I just, yeah, exactly that point that yeah. you develop, like, there's an amazing moment where you're like, this. A thing that I've witnessed is an incredible thing to have seen. Yeah. But it's not the same thing as saying, like, I instantly love this person unconditionally. Yeah. That's something that you kind of... It comes, like, yeah. later. In yeah. the same way that you fall in love with anyone in your life. Like, yeah. it sort of comes in time. And I think, like, people should know that. Because I, I started to freak out about it. And it's only because, like, I chatted to some people. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. It comes later. And I was like, oh, right. I didn't think I was, like, I had a problem. Mm. I just kind of... Yeah, I just thought, oh, I really want her to be safe and I hope she's okay. But I just, because also when babies are that young, you give everything and you get basically nothing yeah, back. Yeah, 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 they don't exactly. care at all, really, about you. They care about, like, them. And, um, and yeah, so it was that, um, you know, moment when she smiles at you for the first time and, you, you know, it's a legit smile. She's not just farting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, like, when you kind of go, oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, just thought it was worth mentioning that. Years and years ago, I used to do a, uh, I used to produce, I wasn't a presenter on it, I was a producer on it, a conspiracy theory show, a nightly conspiracy theory show on Kerrang. Oh, and, um, and that was like, that was intense. I got followed by a home by the police and stuff when I used to do that. No yeah, way. Yeah. yeah, for real. What, what, why? Like, so my, the guy I was producing is a guy called Nick. Nick's a ledge, loves a conspiracy theory. And he said, wouldn't it be great to get someone on the show to talk about the spiritual feeling you have when you see the earth from the moon right and I was like okay so I found someone being an excellent producer obviously that had been to the moon a guy called Dr. Edgar Mitchell who's now dead unfortunately uh, Dr. Edgar wait, Mitchell more than wait hang on more people have gone to the moon than the first like Lance Armstrong and that lot no I think he was part of that gang Oh, what? But he just doesn't like, he wasn't, he doesn't like, himself, himself, he wasn't the poster boy. So I was like, wow, score. He wants to come on the show and have a chat. So we pre-recorded this interview with this guy, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. And we were chatting about what's it like, you know, seeing the earth from the moon and what kind of psychological effect, all this kind of stuff. What kind of effect does it have on you? And suddenly, he literally in the interview went, yeah, can we not talk about that? I really want to talk about something. 
And we're like, yeah, cool. What is it? And he said, I've been briefed at the highest level. We're in contact with aliens. We have been for years. What? NASA know about it. The FBI know about it. Everybody knows about it at highest levels of government. Uh, we're not, they haven't just come once. We're in constant, constant contact with them. Came out of all this stuff. And Holy me and Nick, here was, on, here was an ISDN, like, like sat line. And me and Nick were just looking at each other over the desk, like the radio desk, like mouths open. This was all pre-recorded, just like... Is this actually happening? Is this for real? Is he actually coming out with all this stuff? And he went on and on about it for ages. And we challenged him and he had all these stories to tell. And we talked to him for like an hour. And after the interview was finished, we said goodbye. We're like, what do we do with this? This is mad. So we, we sat on it for a little while to sort of like build the tension. And we said we had this big reveal and all the rest of it. We put the interview out and that was like, that was next level. I was literally having phone calls with like David Letterman. And like, it was, it was mad because everyone wanted to talk to Nick and talk about this experience that he had. And then Dr. Edgar Mitchell kind of like, he didn't deny any of it. He kind of followed up through and like said, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I've got to a point in my life where I just want to talk about this stuff and let people know the truth. I'm not getting any younger. And for the two weeks that followed that interview, every single night when I left the studio, I'd, get, I'd leave the studio, get to my car, I'd look behind and there's a police car, lights would come on. It would follow me all the way. I lived in like a gated development in city centre in Birmingham. It would follow me all the way to my gate. I'd drive in, the gates would close and the police car would drive off every single night, Monday to Friday, for two weeks. And I was just like, what's going on there? And then about, <laughs> yeah. about a month later, I was like, yeah, don't do this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too, too much of that for too long, but Shit. it was mad. It was Do you believe mad. him? Uh, I don't not believe him. Okay. Don't not believe him. I'd like to think that we're bringing our children up in a world where aliens exist. <laughs> I heard that you had a cat. Yeah, and oh yeah. That you disposed of said cat <laughs> when, when you had a child. Did, yeah. Do you know I, what? I can't believe that. It's bad, isn't it? It was actually really bad because, like, when we first bought our cats, they were indoor cats. They were like rag dolls. So right, they were yeah. like really furry, like indoor cats. They weren't allowed outside at all. It's not bred to be outside, I think. When we first bought them, the breeder said to us, like, it always happens with these cats that when people have kids, they get rid of them. That's not going to happen with you guys, right? And we we're like, no, like, <laughs> obviously not. That's just abhorrent. Like, we'd, we're not those kind of people. We'd never, ever give, like, take the responsibility of a cat and then just give it back because, you know, something better comes along. Like, no way. Don't worry about it. And as soon as we found out Mel was pregnant, we were like, yes, yeah, so about those cats, what are we going to do? Yeah, it was brutal. It's we are breaking my heart. We ummed and ahed about it for ages. And then we just, we finally decided to take him to Battersea. And I swear to God, I've never cried. Throw him off the bridge. I've never, yeah, <laughs> not Batsy yeah. Power Station. Oh, right. okay, sorry. <laughs> I've never cried so much in my life. Really? Yeah. And do you know the thing? How that, long? Sorry, how long have you had this cat? Uh, we'd had him. We'd, we had two. We had him for five years. <gasps> that's, <laughs> that's horrendous. It was brutal. But what we just we thought we just kind of, and to be fair, like do you know what? I don't regret it at all. No. Because. There were long-haired cats. The fur was everywhere all the time. And the turning point, I remember the turning point was when Mel, we had some of those like muslin cloth things and we picked one of them up and there was cat hair all over it. And I was like, can't be doing, I can't be dealing with that. I can't be dealing with wiping Luna's face or the, the baby's face because she didn't have a name then with cat fur laden 
like stuff like i'm just not having it and also there's a whole thing about how the poo can like cause problems toxoplasmosis toxoplasmosis man i freaked out so much about toxoplasmosis i thought that was like the scariest thing ever yeah sounds like something from ghostbusters yeah yeah (laughs) toxoplasmosis so um so yeah so there was all that and yeah i mean it was awful when we dropped him off it was like i was in floods of tears mel was fine she was like whatever i've got a baby coming (laughs) but i was like absolutely inconsolable but like you know they've gone on to they've gone on to a better family but the cat came back the very next day the cat came back they thought he was a goner but the cat came back he just wouldn't stay away oi i've got some dad tech that i think we should talk about before we go wicked So what I've got here, I've had this for some time, so I've got to apologise to the guys who sent this to me. It's the uh, the Rad Dad box. Have you heard of this? The no. Rad Dad box. Okay, so basically it's a um, it's kind of like a starter kit for dads, and what I can describe it is like smaller than a bit smaller than a shoebox, and in it, it's got a massive bottle of gin. In it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they say that it's a subscription box for dads and their children. They say that dads are more involved in their children's lives now than ever before. So let's start involving them in the parenting conversation, which I feel is kind of what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, Without yeah. The, the box. Um, every month, we'll send a dad package filled with fun and useful products to welcome him to fatherhood and help him bond with the baby. Think of it as a starter kit to fatherhood. So basically, this one... Sounds dead nice. Yeah, it's good, right? The first one is a pub crawl. And this was uh, <laughs> okay. So now you're interested. I think I've got the wrong impression of what this. Now you're about. interested. Well, so the first <laughs> item is some beer soap, which is they say we've seen more and more parents taking their babies to the pub. So we're doing a play on the pub crawl theme this month. Most dads love beer, but since we don't have a license to sell alcohol, we thought this beer soap from Milwaukee-based Stony River Soaps. Try saying that would be the next best thing. So it's a bit of soap made from beer. Wow. Have a look at that. And then the other thing... It smells delicious. The- <laughs> Hoppy. It does smell delicious. Oh, it smells like a wonderful spa weekend. <laughs> I wonder how it suds up. That's always the key yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. And do you use this on your child? No, I think this is for dad. This is for you? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. okay, got you. But what is... Don't, the- under any circumstances, use it on your child. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know. It's probably fine. <laughs> um, this is for the baby. This is something to go in the stroller while you go on a pub crawl. And it's a little um, sort of wooden kind of book that you hang on your stroller and they can play with it. And it's got pictures of aeroplanes and boats. So it's like, you know, one of those little books that you kind of yeah, like. Yeah, they're like beer mats though, right? They, they're the size of beer mats. They yeah. are. So that's in the theme as well. And then also you've got like a beer cozy with the rad dad branding on. So it's all <laughs> this kind of thing. And basically you get all this kind of thing. Every month is kind of slightly different and it's a different like little kit for, and yeah. you can get a subscription um, well, how much is this subscription? Well, I'm glad you asked. $20 a month. What, US dollars? US dollars a month. And they ship to the UK? I think they sh- Yeah, they do ship to the UK, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, each box contains three to four items for dad and baby. And they're all sourced from small businesses, which I think is quite okay. good. Okay, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can go for $40 a month for a deluxe box, oh, which yeah. is five to eight items. That great. is and yeah. that has <laughs> yeah. the litre bottle of gin in it. <laughs> so yeah, so this is the Rad Dad box. 
which you can find at www.raddadbox.com. Go check it out. I think that's quite a nice thing, really. Yeah. Good. I like that vibe. All right, well, I think we'll uh, wrap things up there. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming to join us today. Thanks, man. It's been amazing. And Jamie, as ever, brilliant contributions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Solid contributions. <laughs> more and more patronising every time. And thank you, the listeners, obviously. Obviously. For tuning in and, you know, making this whole thing possible. And enjoy the festive season coming up. And, yeah, and um, if you want to get us a present, don't. Just rate and review the podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's the best present that you can give to us. Yeah, and it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything. Just it's your time. Just time. And love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Good Dad Ugly. 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 Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.